0: is symbol of excellence in sports entertainment as cold as a razor blade as tight as a tourniquet like the skin on a dying man i don't want a piece of the world i want the whole world i make my own rules because it's much easier that way trust me
1: What's up, everybody? It's Marcus D'Angelo, and we are back for another episode of The Snake Pit. And, of course, you know this fella right here. That is WWE Hall of Famer, master of the DDT, pop culture icon, Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, what's going on, man?
0: Just living the dream, bro.
1: So, man, how does it get much better than you getting to spend, whatever, like an hour with me? Come on now.
0: It makes me touch myself. <laughs>
1: Yep, I know, I know. We're living the dream right now, and, you know, it's we're making fans' dreams come true here on the podcast, too. We're going to let them take over again this week. It's our 16th edition of Ask Jake Anything, and brother, as they always do, they brought it.
0: Good. I can't wait to see them, man. I can't wait to hear what kind of questions they come up with.
1: You just never know what kind of damn direction we're going to take on these, huh?
0: That's the best part of it.
1: <laughs> well, we won't waste any more time. Let's go ahead and jump into them. Uh we've we've got Kelly O'Flynn Craig who asks, Have any of your kids ever expressed any interest in wrestling? How supportive would you be?
0: I would be supportive, but I would uh take the hard line approach to it. wayne mm. what you have to sacrifice because I don't think anybody realizes how much you have to sacrifice when, once you get into this business. It's not, a, it's not something that you can do, you know, three hours a day and then put it, put it in the closet and forget about it for the day. It doesn't work like that. You've got to be on top of it 24-7, seven days a week, man. It's got to be nothing but wrestling.
1: Now, we always hear about uh, getting ring ready. Now, look, I have never taken a bump in my whole entire life, but they say that like get, stepping in the ring is unlike any other kind of cardio you'll ever do, right?
0: Oh, absolutely, man, because uh, the bumps, you know, taking a bump and getting back to your feet real quick. That, that first bump is a, a real experience, kind of a wake up call.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, what about ring rust, Jake? How long does it take for ring rust to accumulate on somebody?
0: I'd say four or five days. That's it. That's it, man. Wow, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose something every day.
1: So, if you're not stepping into the ring every single day, you're you're getting rusty.
0: You're getting behind.
1: Man, so uh, I want our listeners to think about that for a second, because nowadays it's kind of become the norm for people, even people on TV, to work maybe one day a week, maybe two, right?
0: Absolutely, man. And I think they'll all tell you they wish they would they could wrestle more. Yep. Because it makes you sharper.
1: Man, it is not like back in the day when you guys were traveling town to town and working literally every single night, huh?
0: No way, man. Didn't even have to think about it. You were ready.
1: Dude, some crazy perspective. Last thing I want to ask you that, you know, this question kind of brought up another question uh, that that I've had and been wanting to ask you about is we talked about taking bumps and ring rust. Jake, the first time you stepped in between the ropes and you started hitting the ropes, what's that, what does that do to your body?
0: Oh, my God. Hitting the ropes, brother, it tears your lats all to hell. Yeah. The first time I did it, I was black, blue, green, <laughs> Purple. Green is a strange color to see on your body. <laughs> Good Lord!
1: And like you were working back in the day when like I don't think cleanliness was like the big priority. So like there was probably like some blood-stained canvas and like nasty, tattered-up, beat-up ropes.
0: Snot. Oh God! Everything. Everything you can think of. Spit. Boogies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can stop with the bodily functions there. I don't I don't know where this is going to go next. Um all right, we've got Richard B Mashman who asks, "How did you and Cheryl get back together?"
0: It was a long process, man. Uh you know, we've been apart for 24 years. And uh had not been talking to each other for probably 4 or 5 years. And it just started off slow, man. We just started talking again, you know. Mm. And uh, the more that she found out how, how I felt about my sobriety, uh, the way I thought. Because one thing's for sure, man. Your middle game is dirt when you're a drunk. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it has too many holes in it. Uh, there's no, uh, there's no, there's no clear thinking, and uh, I think once we started getting talking, getting back together just over the phone, it took weeks before we were decided we wanted to, to go out for a, an evening. Wow, you know, and uh, those first few trips out were really odd, man. They were really odd.
1: Man, everybody says online, I see all the positive comments all the time, like just how cool it is and what a unique love story you guys have uh, where you're able to get back together after so many years apart. And, you know, Jake, you had, you talked about how, you know, the, the difference in mental clarity after you're sober. Yeah. Uh, like, what, what can, how, how would you describe that? Is it like coming out of a sleep or, or like, you know, when did you start feeling like, hey, I'm, I'm hitting on all cylinders now?
0: It's coming out of a dark, dark spatch, man. You know, it, it's really really a horrible place to be, you know, and uh, once I started coming out of it, I mean, when I moved in with Dallas after about six months, he told me he was starting to see a totally different Jake Mm. ever experienced, you know, Uh, it made our friendship stronger because I was a different guy, you know, I wasn't uh, the Jake I was whenever I was using, so even Dallas noticed it, you know, I mean, a big difference in the way I talked, the way I thought, the way I treated people, the way I treated myself, you know, those things were all different.
1: Man, it's, uh, we, I, I think I can speak on behalf of everybody when I say how awesome it is to see you as you are now and uh yeah again you know back together with cheryl it's it's so incredible and it's a it's a good transition by the way to our next question from rick guzman who asks you always speak very highly of cheryl could you please tell tell us how you met in the first place
0: oh my god the first time we met mm-hmm. was in a nightclub and um uh, she was in there and i spotted her man you know she was just a fox you know and uh I went up and introduced myself and she said, oh, I know who you are, you're that wrestler. Yeah, she goes, I can't stand you. (laughs) Wow, I'm in love. (laughs) So I chased her the rest of the night and finally got a phone number from her. And uh, that was the beginning.
1: How about that? Uh, yeah, Jake, Would you know, at that point, you I mean, obviously you were well known because Cheryl saw you and recognized you. So like you were starting to become famous uh, like it's got to be difficult to meet a woman as a famous person because you don't exactly know who you can trust. Right.
0: You don't know who you can trust. You don't know what they're there for. And uh, you really got to watch your watch yourself, man, because you can get yourself in some deep shit.
1: Yep. We always hear the horror stories. We don't have to go into them. But certainly there's a lot of them out there uh, about, you know, people taking advantage of celebrities. Uh, yeah. And and yeah, it's it's, it's got to scare you off. So kind of it got, had to be pretty refreshing to have somebody say like, eh, I'm not interested. I don't even like you. And then you, you Look, chase them down.
0: Absolutely, man. I realized it was going to be a challenge.
1: Uh, Next up, we've got J.M. Primetime, who asks, A lot of people give Brutus Beefcake crap for having so many gimmicks and saying he was always up Hogan's ass, etc. But there was no denying he was super over in the mid to late 80s. He seems like a fun, easygoing guy. Does Jake have any good Beefcake stories?
0: Uh, Beefcake's what Beefcake is, man. He he had a lot of different gimmicks, but sometimes you need to change, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, thank God he was able to do that. You know, so Hogan got him the job. Big deal. He had to keep the job. He had to go out there and perform every night. And uh, he damn sure did it.
1: And he was over like he, he had action figures and the barber thing. People wanted to see him cut hair and he had the big, you know, garden shears and shit like, you know, it's it, it fits in that time and place. Now, I think a lot of people looking back in hindsight, they're like, oh, what a goofy gimmick. And he's 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 dressed like a male stripper. And he's got like, you know, it's it's silly. But I mean, hey, look, the guy made a full time living in pro wrestling for decades. Like he's, he did something right.
0: Still making money.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Now, did you get uh, a lot of opportunities to hang out with Beefcake or not so much?
0: Uh, we did. A, we met several years ago. The WWF wasn't the first place we'd met. He came through Mid South years before.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So we hung out a little bit, partied a little bit.
1: Still buddies with him to this day? Oh, yeah. That's cool, man. Uh, Ray back is up next. When you joined WCW, was there talk of you wrestling Ron Simmons or Vader for the title?
0: Yeah, there was talk about me wrestling Simmons. Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. Whatever became of it? I left. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that'll put an end to it. Well, yeah, I mean, gosh, you know, it's uh, you came in and were so red hot as a heel that uh, putting you with a new upstart kind of babyface champion, I, it's just a layup, easy way to get a guy over.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I could have helped Ron, I think.
1: Have you ever wrestled, Ron? Yes. Uh, what did you think? Like, big rough guy straight out of football. What did you think of working with him?
0: Oh, it was a good time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to drive him nuts, man. How? <laughs> Go well, we'd go someplace in Florida and I'd be doing the tomahawk chop, you know. And uh, that's that's a heat getter, there, brother. Because uh, not all of Florida likes the tomahawk. <laughs> I remember typically doing it to him in uh, Jacksonville, which is a big, big University of Florida town. And I started doing the tomahawk chop. He's like, "Man, cut that shit out, man! You get pissed off."
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the whole idea, kid. You gotta gotta piss him off. Uh, That's good shit. Now, uh, getting into the ring with a guy like that—big, raw bone, strong dude—like it's pretty rough. Or you, you sort of like it snug, right?
0: I like it snug. It wasn't uh, over the top or anything. It was solid. It was good. I had no problem at all working with Ron. I loved it.
1: Man, could have been cool in 92. Uh, n- next up, we've got Sam P who asks I've heard a lot of guys talk about how crazy it was going out drinking with Andre. Did you ever go partying with him and what was it like?
0: No, I never went out partying with Andre.
1: What held you off from that?
0: I was wise. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, DiBiase tells a story about him going to a restaurant with Andre, and Andre said, do you have a big trash can back there? And the waitress is like, yeah. He's like, empty it and fill it with beer. (laughs) And I I, I guess he drank almost all of it. Yeah. Man, wild. When is the the first time that you met Andre? Was it before the WWF?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I met him uh, 19 – oh, my gosh – Probably 1976, 74. Wow. Yeah.
1: So that was before you were an active wrestler.
0: Yeah, just as I was I was refereeing at the time.
1: Okay. And uh, good first experience with him, or what was that yeah. like?
0: They gave me the job of driving him around. No shit. And uh, they gave me a van to drive that had a big beanbag chair in the back of it. <laughs> and that's where Andre sits. So after the show, I said, do you need anything? Beer. Okay. (laughs) So I I went to a a convenience store, and I said, what do you want? And he goes, two cases. Man. I said, wait a minute, Andre. It's only 90 miles to to the hotel. Two cases. Okay. So I got him two cases, and I got me a six-pack. And I started driving. Well, hell, after after a couple of beers, I had to piss, man. Mm-hmm. I pulled over and pissed, and I wound up pissing one more time before we got to the hotel. But what really pissed me off was I had to clean out the van, and every damn beer was done. Wow! He drank. He drank forty-eight beers in miles. Holy shit! But that's not what really pissed me off. What pissed me off was he never got out to piss.
1: Not once.
0: Not once, man. Drink all that fucking beer and didn't have to pee. What the fuck? The fuck's his his bladder must be the size of a fucking small Volkswagen. (laughs) Holy shit.
1: And he didn't piss himself on the beanbag chair or anything?
0: Oh, man, I checked. I checked
1: that is insane
0: yeah it was man
1: wow uh did you have to drive him on numerous occasions or just one and done
0: just one and done
1: and probably enough after clean up that mess oh yeah okay folks the new year is here and that means new resolutions if you're like me one of your resolutions is to build healthy habits when it comes to your diet and that is where our sponsor green chef comes in Green Chef is a CCOF-certified meal kit company that makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your personal preferences. I've wanted to eat more clean food for a while now, but doing that takes a lot of planning, and then shopping, and then prep, and then it just eats up a ton of your valuable time. So let Green Chef take the work out of eating clean with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes featuring certified organic fruits and vegetables, organic cage-free eggs, and sustainably sourced seafood. Choosing Green Chef means choosing real, wholesome foods that don't just fill you up, but also support a healthy lifestyle. It's more than just satisfying hunger. It's about feeling good after every bite. If variety is one of your concerns, Green Chef has got you covered on that department, too. Each week, choose from 80-plus flavor-packed options. Easily customize your meals to suit your lifestyles with those preferences like keto, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, gluten-free, and protein-packed. If you love snacks like I do, Green Chef has thought of that too. Head to Green Market and shop their new Green Bundles, a curated selection of unique, hand-picked goods that support your overall wellness goals. The Green Market is the Mindful Eater's one-stop shop for high-quality, carefully curated goods. Choose from grab-and-go breakfast, brunch kits, 10-minute lunches, ready to eat snacks, veggie sides, and more. I received my first shipment last week and I can't speak highly enough about Green Chef. My wife and I had a blast putting these meals together and the difference in how you feel when you eat a meal with clean, high quality ingredients is just unbelievable. I have more energy, clearer focus, and I'm eating delicious food thanks to Green Chef. Find out for yourselves right now and get a great deal. Go to greenchef.com slash 60 pit and use code 60 pit to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. Again, that's greenchef.com slash 60 pit. Use the code 60 pit. You'll save 60% off and then get 20% off your next two months. Again, guys, I cannot recommend this product strongly enough. Give it a try. Get this awesome deal, and you are going to love the number one meal kit for eating well Uh, Next up, we've got Bruce who asks, Jake, what can you tell us about your appearances in TNA and Dixie Carter? So, Jake, you appeared at Bound for Glory 2006 as a special guest referee at a Monsters Ball match. Then you're also a guest at Jay Lethal's wedding in 2008 at Slammiversary. Any memories?
0: No, not really.
1: No? Just
0: wanted me for a one-off thing. That was it.
1: Okay, so you get the call. You come in. You collect your check, and you're out the door.
0: Yeah, I never met her.
1: Oh, okay. Never even met Dixie Carter while you were there. Wow. Okay. Well, now you know, folks. I've seen a lot of people online say, uh, hey, uh, when are you going to do a TNA episode? And I'm like, he was only there like twice. I don't know that we have that much to talk about.
0: Not much to talk about, bro.
1: Ah. So you show up, you get your money, you're out. Yep. Uh, Joey Fish is up next. Have you ever considered tattooing your Unmentionable to look like a snake?
0: Actually, I do have a tattoo down there, and uh, it's Cheryl's name. Okay. Yeah, in big letters.
1: Well, it has to be.
0: Yeah, just to fit.
1: <laughs> All right, so uh that, w- that would have taken a lot of ink to make it look like a snake then.
0: Uh, you no, know, because her-, her middle name is Saskatchewan, you know, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> what does it turn into when it grows? Just like a portrait.
0: It's Saskatchewan. When it's soft, it's swan.
1: <laughs> well, these are the answers that we really need here on the on the show. So, Joey, thank you for bringing that one up. Um, Instagram. A wrestling historian asks, "How did your ECW de- debut come about?" Thanks in advance.
0: You know, I was out fishing, and I kept getting paged. It was back in the day when you had a pager, you didn't have a phone and I kept getting paid I'm you know, like, who the fuck is this? So I, finally, after I got through fishing, it was like three o'clock in the afternoon and I went up to the house and I called and it was Paul e. He goes, get on a plane and come to the blah, 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 and, do, and you'll be working with blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, fuck yeah, man. I said, uh, where's the plane going to be at? Where's the nearest airport? I said, well, Dallas is 70 miles away because isn't there a small airport somewhere near you? I said, well, yeah, man, but it's like for small fucking planes. Yeah, that's what I got, a small fucking plane. Wow. And they flew me somewhere in Florida. And uh, I got there about 45 minutes before the show started. And I done my bit and I was gone.
1: That is not cheap to uh, charter a, a plane specifically for one flight for one dude.
0: Yeah, you goddamn right. That's
1: why wow.
0: I, I said, "Paulie, yeah. I said if you hand me what you told me you were going to pay me, i not going to be enough." He goes, "What do you mean?" I said, "The fucking plane costs that much."
1: <laughs> Needless to say, I'm, I'm sure you got a pretty good payoff. Yes, I did. Cool. Um, now uh, this is another one where a lot of fans are like, Hey, when are you guys going to do an ECW episode? And I'm like, again, he appeared there twice. You know, that's, that's why I wanted to talk to Tommy dreamer about it because I'm like, okay, Tommy has like all the background and I know that he was working in an office capacity too. So that's why you guys have got to check that story out if you want it. But, um, like, You know, we hear all the time that Paul Heyman can be or could be back in those days. He was running a little independent business, maybe a little shifty sometimes. Maybe the money comes a little bit late. Uh, You experienced any issues?
0: No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Everything was spot on.
1: Okay, Hey, there you go, folks. It's not all doom and gloom. Um, Greg Anders has got a related question. Hi, Jake. Tommy Dreamer talked about meeting you for the first time at a Raw episode in early 1997. Do you remember it?
0: No, I don't.
1: So uh, Tommy told the story on the podcast. He came backstage. And by the way, this is, you know, he's a huge fan of yours at the time. But, you know, he's he's there as a professional. He's trying to not be a fucking Mark. And so he's backstage and he sees you. And I can't remember who else he said. Uh, you guys were back there smoking. And uh, you apparently called him over and said, hey, kid, come here. And uh, he came over. He's like, yes, sir. What can I do? And, he, and you said, just turn around and and block me. And so he blocked you while you were there smoking. And uh, once you finished your cigarette, you were like, hey, thanks, man. He was like, you know, I would get in trouble if Vince saw me. But you're the new guy here. You don't even work here. So you're fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so pretty hilarious moment. Uh, and it makes me wonder, Jake, what was it like hiding to smoke when you were around Vince in the WWF?
0: It was a pain in the ass, man. After a while, I didn't even hide anymore. <laughs> You know, I just, you know, because back back then, in '97, we were going to his house to do television. So, when we took a break, I'd go outside and smoke. Me and Pat,
1: uh, uh, you and Pat Patterson would. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, so Vince very famously, absolutely hates cigarettes. So, I mean, was there like a designated spot where he's like, you can smoke here, nowhere else, or how Uh, did that go? No. Uh, you ever hear the story of him paying off a dude on an airplane to stop smoking? No, that was apparently how the million dollar man character came about because there's this guy, this was back in the day when you could smoke in first class, he was smoking in front of Vince and Vince was sitting with Bruce and Vince offered this guy a hundred bucks to put out his cigarette. The guy said, no, 500 guy said no and i want to say he got up to like a thousand or more dollars to get this guy to just put out his cigarette and bruce is like boy you can really buy anything and then you know the million dollar man came about but man it's if vince would have said hey jake i'll give you a thousand dollars to not go smoke would you have stopped sure <laughs> seems like a reasonable uh trade off
0: got him around the corner
1: <laughs> it's not like you're gonna quit smoking just no. in his presence Everett675 asks, who does Jake think is the best tag team of all time? I think it was the Dudley Boys.
0: Uh, I disagree. I disagree. I think uh, Rock and Roll Express might be up there. All right. Yeah.
1: Now, uh, you know, the the rock and roll is certainly a name that comes up every time. Another one that I hear all the time, and it's two guys you got to know very well, are uh, the Road Warriors.
0: Yeah, Road Warriors were they were okay, but they weren't the top tag team. FTR was probably the greatest tag team right now. FTR. Yeah.
1: What do you think sets them apart from uh, the competition nowadays?
0: They 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 wrestle their asses off, man. They get out there and they do the hard work.
1: I like their style because it's like I I feel like you could slide those guys into like nineteen eighty nine wrestling and they'd fit right in.
0: They
1: sure would. Good storytellers out there.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Yam Bag Jones, shit disturber of ad-free shows, has got one. He says, if Jake Roberts could have main-evented a WrestleMania for the WWF title, which scenario would you choose? A. Jake at his peak in the late '80s, challenging Hulk, or B. Veteran Jake in the mid '90s, defending it against babyface Stone Cold.
0: That would have been excellent. Right. I think a better one would have been me
1: against Macho Man. Oh, could you imagine?
0: Yeah.
1: Now, this, I, I would have to assume you're talking about 91 Savage and you.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, 91 into 92. Oh, man. Would have been badass. Uh, Dozer is up next. I know Jake is a big sports fan. Who is his all time favorite athlete and who's his favorite athlete of today?
0: Oh, gosh. Today would be – oh, gosh, quarterback for Kansas City. Um, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. It'd be a split between him and the defensive end for the Dallas Cowboys. What's his name? Uh,
1: Micah Parsons.
0: Micah Parsons, yeah. I like him a lot too. Uh, Back in the day, Bob Lilly. Hell yeah. 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 Bob Lilly was a beast, man. Bob Lilly and uh, another cat. What was his name? Oh, gosh, Randy White.
1: Yeah, the Manster.
0: Manster. He was something else.
1: It's hard to go wrong with those picks, man. And uh, you know, it's uh, all of the people that you just selected there, at Dallas Cowboys, except for the quarterback, which is Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Uh, yeah. Are you in or out on Dak as a Cowboys fan?
0: I'm in with Dak. I'm in. I don't know why, because there's warning signs, but I don't know. I, I think he's. I think he's a good. He's got a good handle on it.
1: I like his intangibles, like his leadership qualities, uh, stuff like that. And yeah, it's you know, it, I don't, I don't know what to think because you know, in a playoff game, sometimes he'll throw two picks, but then like when you need it in the fourth quarter, you know, he's he's, he's clutch. So it's I don't, you don't, it, it's yeah. hard to put a finger on that guy.
0: Yeah, there, he, he does it well, man.
1: Uh, here's one from Adam K that I don't think we covered on the WCCW episode. When Kerry Von Erick came to the WWF, were you aware that he had lost a foot in a motorcycle accident years prior? It's been said that Kerry was uh, hiding it.
0: Yeah, he hit it all the time, man. He'd he come, he come to the building with that boot on. Mm. You know, and uh, But he went out there and performed, man, like it, like it never happened
1: which is craziness to be able to perform well with a, with a prosthetic foot.
0: Uh, He was in so much pain. It was unbelievable.
1: I think that's another kind of missing element that everybody's like, Oh, well, you know, the Von Eric brothers, they were crazy and they were on drugs and like, yep, you're right. They were. But like in Carrie's instance, it's, I think a lot of it was just pain management.
0: Yeah, it was.
1: Um, and now when he was coming in the door though, did you know that he had lost the foot or (laughs) did you find out after he arrived?
0: I knew
1: it coming in. Oh, okay. Were you hopeful that you'd get to work with him again, or had you had your fair share while you were in Dallas? I share. <laughs> I had a feeling that was the answer. Uh, friend of the show, Peter D, is up next. Hi, Jake. You have mentioned that Honky injured you with the guitar shot, and that led to your greater dependence on painkillers. What's your relationship with Honky today? You must bump into each other occasionally.
0: Uh, it's shit.
1: Yeah, not great? Not at all. Well, Peter and, and anybody else listening, if you haven't heard, uh, we did an, ep- an episode about the guitar smash and Jake actually was ready to take the high road. He was like, you know, look, a lot of we've been talking some shit back and forth, but like, let's just put it behind us, man. So that offers out there to honky if he wants to come up and shake a hand.
0: Yeah, I might put it behind this man and move on.
1: Yeah, man, that's a subject that's been beaten up to death and like, you know, this kind of online feuding stuff back and forth. It's like, man, life is too damn short.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: RCS eighty eight is up next. Who would you like to see go into the twenty twenty four WWE Hall of Fame if you got to pick? So I'm not gonna ask you to name like five people, but maybe like two or three.
0: Uh, I don't know, man. I, I I can't keep up with who's in there and who isn't.
1: Okay, well let me let me say RCS eighty eight that uh you know Jake has said before on the show that he'd love to see uh Jim Cornette go in. Yeah. And uh, his tag team, the, uh, the Midnights.
0: Midnight, yeah.
1: It was certainly all deserving, so and maybe yeah. one day. Okay, guys, 2024 is here. It's a new year, and a lot of us are trying to get ourselves in shape. But you don't just want to tighten up when it comes to your body. You want to tighten up those pubes. Cheers to the new year from our friends at Manscaped, because your resolutions shouldn't be the only thing that are well kept in 2024. It's the time for new heights, new opportunities, and a new look for your Times Square balls. Manscapes Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether you're looking to maintain a trim or go for that clean shaven look, this trimmer has you covered. Trusted by over 10 million men worldwide, now is the time for you to get a grip on your grooming with our exclusive offer. Just go to Manscaped.com and use code SNAKEPIT for 20% off plus free shipping. Is it Happy New Year or Happy New Balls? Look, guys, I know that a lot of us are trying to get to the gym and get in shape and look our best. But looking our best doesn't just have to do with our body. It has to do with body hair. Don't come into 2024 looking like a damn wookie. Get that body hair in check with Manscaped. Right now, the MVP of 2024 is Manscaped's fifth-generation lawnmower. It's not just a trimmer, it's your grooming sidekick. It's equipped with two skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. It's like having a personal stylist at your fingertips, guys. Or, well, you know, wherever you need it. And did we mention it's waterproof? Because a trim in the shower is the only way to start the day. And that makes for way, way easier cleanup, so you're not gonna make anybody upset with a messy bathroom. And for the men out there who want the full grooming experience, look no further than Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0. In this grooming kit, you get the trusted lawnmower, Manscaped's ear and nose hair trimmer, and essential aftercare products with the crop soother ball after shave lotion and crop preserver anti-chafing ball deodorant. Yeah, it's deodorant for your balls, because your armpits aren't the only thing that gets stinky, all right? As a gesture for the new year, they even threw in two free gifts, the Boxers 2.0 and the Shed 2.0 toiletry bag. Because if you're still rocking those same boxers that you were wearing in high school, it's time to upgrade. Let's face it, resolutions might come and go, but a well-groomed you is here to stay thanks to Manscaped. It's time, guys. Take the step. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code snakepit at manscaped.com because nothing says happy new year like a deal that leaves your balls and your budget feeling refreshed. Embrace a new you and definitely embrace a new trimmer, courtesy of Manscaped. Again, it's 20% off and free shipping. All you've got to do is go to manscaped.com and use our code snakepit. Uh, Freddie Kim is one that's kind of similar to the Brutus Beefcake question we got earlier. What's your most positive Hulk Hogan story? Now, Hulk, he was just trending online because of some comments he made a few years ago, and we all know what those comments are. Uh, Jake, let's get some positivity on the Hulkster. What's your best experience with him?
0: He did his job, man. You know, he had a a hard, hard job to do. He did his job, man. He worked 24-7. He didn't just come to the building and uh, wrestle a match and that was it. He had to do all this promotional shit, man, all the time, all the time. So I don't know if I could have done it. I'd like to think that I could have, but I'm not sure.
1: You know, I think a lot of people hear, you know, uh, oh, like he's the most famous wrestler ever. And he's like, you know, part of pop culture and all that stuff. It must be great. And it's like, it's probably great until it's not like, you know, when you've got when you can't go to the grocery store uh, right. without getting mobbed. And, you know, there's so many expectations of like, hey, you've got to be at this autograph sign. Then you got to make TV or oh, you have to cut this promo. Like, man, that is a lot, a lot of shit to deal with.
0: It is, man. And it gets tiring, too.
1: Now, uh, Arn Anderson recently on his podcast talked about how when he came to the WWF, Hulk had his own dressing room and, you know, he was like, I can't really remember the first time that I met him. He was like, you know, it it sounded like he was borderline unattainable backstage uh, for the other boys. Was that your case, too? Yes. I mean, resentment as a result of that? Or were you just like, hey, look, I'd, I'd do the same thing if it were me?
0: Sure. That's the way I felt
1: now if it were up to you would you have had your own private dressing room or you like dressing with the boys
0: i like dressing with the boys
1: i feel like it'd be boring in your own dressing room
0: well i don't know man i had i had my own dressing room for a while with cheryl
1: oh that's right yeah
0: and uh it was all right but uh you feel like you're on the island by yourself
1: yeah it's You know, it, to me, it's like there's a bunch of dudes out there like playing cards and having fun and getting ready to go out there and bullshitting, pulling ribs. And it's like, and you're just over somewhere by yourself. It sounds dull.
0: Yeah, twiddling your thumbs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks. Uh, Mikey G has a great question. If you were offered big money to change your gimmick while you were in your prime and you could choose the character for yourself, what would you have gone with? That is a weird one, but I'm interested to hear your answer.
0: Hmm. Wow.
1: So big money on the line. They're like, hey, we don't care what character you pick, you just need a strong character. What are you going with?
0: Uh, I don't know, man.
1: Back to mid Atlantic Cowboy Jake, right?
0: Oh God no. <laughs> no. I, I I went with a Charles Manson type character. Okay. Call me Uncle Charlie.
1: All right. See, now that works.
0: Yeah, Uncle Charlie with his uh, with his clan.
1: <laughs> I love it. I think yeah. it's a great idea.
0: I think it would work.
1: You know, uh, early on in the podcast, you and I talked about Gangrel and the brood, that vampire stable that they had. And ever since then, it's kind of stuck in my head like, I, I think I'd like to see Vampire Jake.
0: Oh, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, man. I You could definitely pull it off. Oh, I think so. <laughs> Spitting blood everywhere and shit. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Uh, Justin Beaumont asks, Besides your WWE Hall of Fame induction, what's the biggest honor you have ever received?
0: I think the biggest honor I ever received other than that was when Vince came to me and asked me to work with Andre. Wow. You know, that was a huge, huge honor for me to even be considered for that spot. You know, I mean, my God, here, here's, here's a guy that's been on top his whole life. And uh, now they're asking me to go out there and, and make a match. Awesome. You know, and uh, I think we did for the most part.
1: You know, because I do the social media and stuff, I get to see a lot of, you know, comments your way of like, hey, this is my favorite angle you did. And, "Oh, I love this feud. And like most of the time it circles back to you and Andre. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was pretty strong stuff.
1: Uh, How weird was it, or surreal was it for you, as a guy who, like, as essentially a kid, fresh out of high school, you were driving Andre the Giant around, and now you're working at a fucking WrestleMania with the guy.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't believe it, man. I couldn't believe
1: it. Man, uh, just mind-blowing. You know, and at this point, you know, of course, you've grown up in the business, you've been around wrestlers your whole life. You're not marking out for probably anybody, but I, I bet that that's about as close as you came.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I was definitely marked out over him.
1: Billy Whedon asks, what are the parties after WrestleMania like?
0: Well, in the beginning, they were pretty fucking wild. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, I remember one that uh, the band was supposed to stop playing at midnight and we kept the band there till 2 (laughs) a.m. And uh, it would have kept going except Vince called Pat Patterson and told him to get down there and fucking get it done. Evidently, Vince's hotel room was too close to it. He's hearing all this shit.
1: <laughs> uh, do you happen to remember what year that would have been
0: for WrestleMania? Oh, I don't remember, bro.
1: It's uh, impressive that anybody would remember the night if you guys are up until two with, I'm sure, a lot of free alcohol.
0: Oh, that wasn't the only thing going
1: around. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a strong point. Now, does Vince drink? Yeah. Okay. See, he was always like such a purist with like his body and keeping in shape. I was like, there's no way that guy drinks, right? He
0: drinks.
1: Wow, okay. Have you ever seen drunk Vince? Yes. Okay, you've got to tell us what drunk Vince is like.
0: It was pretty wild, bro. We were uh, in San Antonio... In a strip club, and it got it got completely out of hand. Uh, they closed the strip club, but we kept it open. And uh, finally, I left. And when I came back, I had to go take care of a little business.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And uh, when I came back, there was like six police cars there all sorts of shit going on. And I got out and started to walk in the door and they said, I said, can I go in? They went, are you one of them? I'm like, yeah. He says, go ahead. I'm like, you're not here to shut it down. He goes, no, we're going to let y'all go ahead and do what you want to do, but uh, just keep it, keep it friendly. (laughs) So I started to go in and about that time Sergeant Slaughter came driving up and they had a police car parked in front of the front door. And Slaughter took his Cadillac and, and nudged it and pushed it completely out of the way so he could have the, the front door. <laughs> they didn't do anything.
1: Wow. All right. So that's a night out drinking with, with the chairman.
0: Yeah. In fact, uh, that was the night that uh, everybody started suplexing the girls <laughs> well, it was on stage.
1: <laughs> did vince get one of the girls with a suplex
0: i don't remember Whew. that's uh, also the night that uh kurt henning put the put a cross face on vince and tore a big hunk out of his ear with his watch
1: holy shit
0: yeah so the next day tv was supposed to start at, at one and vince got there at 4 30
1: <laughs> was he selling it
0: Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was uh definitely not on his A game.
1: Does uh Kirk get in trouble after a scenario like that? No. Wow. All right, got to give Vince that. He's if he wants yeah. to hang out with the boys, you're going to deal with that shit. Um all right, let's do one more and uh, we'll call it a day here. Uh, Jamie Gray asks Uh, Besides the DDT, what do you think is the best finisher? And what is the best submission
0: finisher? Oh, my God. Uh, The Rousey finish is a good one. The what? Ronda Rousey finish.
1: Okay, yep.
0: That's a damn good one. Uh, The best, I don't know, man, about the best out there today so damn
1: many. Any uh, back in the day when you were wrestling where you were just like, now that is a hell of a finish.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Which one stuck out?
0: The Brain Buster.
1: Ah, yeah, that's a good one.
0: That was a good one. The way they used to do it.
1: How did they used to do it?
0: Carl Cox would bring you straight down. Oh, God. And it looked like it just destroyed you.
1: How do you protect a guy doing that?
0: He did. He did.
1: Man, that is insane. Yeah. Now, uh, and so uh, submission finisher, Ronda Rousey's gets your vote? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, and uh, this has been a good one, Jake. Another fun episode is in the books. Next week, we're going to be looking back. You know, a a lot of people online have been saying, like, hey, Marcus, when are you going to continue the story of Jake in Mid-South? And uh, if you look back into our archives, we already did because we covered Jake DDTing Dark Journey, and that takes us from uh, January all the way through to the end of his Mid-South run. And so now I'm like, okay, what do we do next? How about Jake's debut with the WWF? We're going to take a look at that period next week right here on the Snake Pit. Right, brother?
0: All right, let's do it. Everybody have a great one, man. Take care.
1: Okay, guys. Just want to remind you all before you go that if you're looking to attract that 25 to 54-year-old male demographic to your product or service, you've got to hit advertisewithsnake.com. Jake is an absolute legend. He's still on TV. He's still out meeting and talking to fans all the time. And you can get him to put over your stuff to the exact demographic that you're targeting. If you want some proof that it works, just listen to our show. We routinely advertise for the same businesses because they know that what we do works. Head to advertisewithsnake.com and get teamed up with the Hall of Famer, Jake the Snake Roberts jakethesnakeshop.com has got all kinds of great collectibles straight from the man himself. Valentine's Day is coming up, so why not celebrate with a signed picture from wrestling's greatest power couple? Right now, you can purchase a signed 8x10 of Jake and Cheryl in the shop, and that's just the tip of the iceberg on the merch available. You've got to take a look for yourself at all the awesome, rare signed merchandise. Go right now to jakethesnakeshop.com. Pick yours up today. Cameo.com forward slash Jake Snake is your destination if you want a personal message, a birthday wish, a roast, a promo, or if you just want to say hi to the legendary Jake Roberts. Here's a recent review from Brittany. Jake went above and beyond for a cameo I got from my wife on our anniversary. I was amazed by his sincerity. The cameo seemed meaningful and made my wife tear up. Thank you, Jake. I'd give more stars if I could. Guys, everybody feels the same way. Take a look at the reviews over there on Cameo, and you'll see that everybody loves what Jake is doing. He puts a lot of effort into these. He loves doing them, and he loves having the chance to interact with his fans and give them something special that they're going to be watching time and time again over the years. So do yourself a favor if you're a lifelong Jake fan. Again, it's Cameo.com slash Jake Snake. Go and order yours right now. That cold weather is not going anywhere, folks, so you might as well greet it in style with some of our gear at the Snake Pit page at boxofgimmicks.com. We've got you covered on awesome vintage-style merch that acts as a true love letter for those fans of the 80s and 90s, vintage Jake designs, and how about our new cruel but fair design that's a throwback to Jake's mid-South days. We've got that as available as a tee, a baseball shirt, or a stylish hoodie. You've got to see this stuff for yourself. Again, it's the Snake Pit page at boxofgimmicks.com. Check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at snakepitpod for some short clips from the show, highlights, and exclusive content. We've got that exclusive episode about WCCW with baby dolls, the host. And rumor has it, we have a lot more exclusive content coming soon. I cannot wait to share it with you guys. Don't miss it. Get subscribed today at youtube.com forward slash at snakepitpod. Speaking of YouTube, if you like what we're doing here on the Snake Pit, you've got to get subscribed to the Everybody's Got a Pod YouTube page. Both Ted DiBiase and now Hacksaw Jim Duggan are part of the page, contributing original content, and you do not want to miss out on these unique Hall of Fame perspectives. The only place to get new episodes of Jim's podcast, The Hacksaw Hour, is on that YouTube page, and Jim is also providing videos of his day-to-day activities. Most recently, we just added a video of Jim showing his memorabilia collection in his home, which includes some ring-worn gear, his awards, including his Slammy Awards, and so much more. Seriously, go and check it out. Get subscribed now. It's youtube.com slash at everybody's got a pod. I've also got to remind you guys, the Sports Podcast Awards just made my podcast with Ted. Everybody's got a pod, a finalist for Best Wrestling Podcast of 2024, and we need your vote to help us win. Just go to sportspodcastgroup.com, find us under the wrestling category, and do us a big favor and cast a vote. It only takes a couple of minutes, and it would mean the world to Ted and myself. So if you enjoy what we do, please help us out. Also, if you've enjoyed The Snake Pit, please like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review on all platforms because that helps Jake and I. And just a reminder, you can get The Snake Pit and all the other shows in our network early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com, starting at just $9 per month. We've got a ton of bonus content. There's interactive chats with some of your favorite hosts and wrestling personalities and so much more. AdFree Shows has added that show. It's Beyond Nitro with Guy Evans, the author of the Nitro book and guys giving even more context and even deeper look into the key elements, themes, and stories discussed in the book. So if you miss the Monday Night Wars era of wrestling like I think most of us do, you are going to want to check it out. Not to mention, how about Lex Expressed with Lex Luger? You've got Tuesdays with the Taskmaster with my buddy Paulie and Kevin Sullivan. How about the Monday mailbag with Mike Kyoto and so much more over there? Get there right now. Get signed up because if you're not part of that ad free shows community, you're missing out on so much incredible content. It's adfreeshows.com. Catch Jake on X at Jake Snake DDT on Instagram at Jake the Snake DDT. And on Facebook, Real Jake the Snake, you can follow me at Marcus PD on X. And you can follow the podcast at Snake Pit Pod on all social media platforms. I love doing these Ask Jake Anything episodes. We never know what we're going to talk about. We love hearing from you listeners. Please keep the questions coming either to me on my personal social media, the Snake Pit social media, even Jake's social media. We'll try to get to as many as we can and roll over the ones that we miss. And we will catch you guys next week right here on the Snake Pit.